You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we help you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your everyday life. I'm Phil, and today I am joined by author Amanda Flynn, author of the book Yoga Baby, as well as the new book just released yesterday, God Made All Your Feelings. Now, this is a book that many years ago I would not have liked because I was not very in touch with my Feelings, which some of you may be there today, and that is okay, but I've come to realize the amazing blessing that each of our feelings can be, a gateway to understand how God may be communicating to us, an invitation for how we can engage the world. So this is a children's book, but I think it is equally valid and important for the adults who may be reading it to themselves or to a child. So I'm excited for her to have joined the podcast today, but before we dig into that conversation, I just want to share a few things going on here at Rua Space. First, we are now offering one-on-one spiritual direction, which is a space where we explore your story, where God is moving in your life to discuss different ways to connect deeper with the movement of God, the voice of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and explore different practices you could engage or different ways to notice and join in where God may be inviting you forward. So I would love to set up a free call to discuss if spiritual direction would be right for you. You can find that in the link in the description below. We also have our Patreon page where we do live events monthly as well as guided practices and different series. So right now when this episode releases, we are in the middle of our imaginative prayer series, which is a great space for engaging scripture and our own story to sort of help it come to life again and notice where God was moving and God is moving. And of course, when you join Patreon for just a few dollars a month, you're helping support the ministry as well as gaining access to all of the previous series that we've done. And then finally, we have our Rua Space Christ-Centered Yoga Memberships, classes designed to help you grow in your faith, stretch your faith, while you stretch your body. So classes for all kinds of different levels of all varying types, all designed to help you become more present, connect with God, worship God, and hopefully get a little healthier in the process as well. So you can find a link to that in the description below, see everything that we have going on there. You can also check out our YouTube page where we have free classes for each and every body. So friends, thank you for being here today for this episode. I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Amanda Flynn. Amanda, welcome to the Rua Space podcast. Such an honor to have a few minutes of your time today. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. So let's just kick this off by sharing a little bit about who you are. I know you've written a few books, which I absolutely love. Uh, So share with the audience, who are you and what do you do? Uh, Perfect. So my name is Amanda, like you said. Um, I live in Southeast Missouri. I am a wife of 17 years and I have three boys. uh, So always a full house. (laughs) And uh, I really about five years ago kind of started on this journey of wanting to write. Um, I had kind of always had that dream, but it had been in my back pocket. And I never really had like the confidence or the know-how, the knowledge of like how to go for it. Um, and then God really started speaking to me about me, um, kind of giving this dream to him. And so when he did, um, the way that I wrote kind of changed 
and the way that I approached writing changed. Um, and it really just started this kind of beautiful journey of um, going after dreams that I really feel like God had placed in my heart, in my being for like, since, since the time I was born, I've always loved books. I've always loved written word, spoken word. Um, and so it was kind of cool to see like this transformation of like, Hey, I'm going to give this to you. And he has completely blessed that journey. When you felt that invitation to finally step forward and do that, was that, was it a feeling you got inside? Was it a thought? Was it like another person? Do you remember sort of what led you to say, okay, you know what? I need to actually just do this thing. I had kind of come in a really cool place. Um, you know, I don't feel like God wastes like anything. And I had, I was in a job that I loved one that I never intended to leave. And I really just felt like comfortable and safe there. I thought, okay, this is where I'm going to retire. And then someone asked me to come on staff at our church. And that's kind of where I really started to pay attention to where God was moving in my life. Uh, and so then I did, I, I took that leap of faith and I thought, okay, um, I think I could do that. And those three years grew me in such a way that I really learned to tune into the Holy Spirit. I learned to tune into what other people were speaking to me and, you know, trying to decipher, like, is this, is this from the Lord? Um, I really just kind of leaned into that. So I had like a really, um, a nice size growth as far as in my spirit and, and my trust in the Lord. And then I decided to leave that position and to stay at home with my youngest. He still wasn't in school yet. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and, and stay home with him. I, I then had a teenager in the house as well. So I thought I'm also going to stay home with them. <laughs> and, um, and I thought if I'm going to stay home, I just was kind of a, a thought in my spirit. Like if I'm going to stay home, this may be a good time to, to really devote to writing and see if I, if I can do anything with this. Did that and that's kind of when that, when that started. Did the writing come pretty smoothly? Were there days where you're looking at that blank page thinking, what in the world was I thinking? Or did it just, you know, I, I, I've had the experience myself of sitting down and man, a whole chapter comes out and it's like, where was that from? And there's other days where I have less, uh, less words than, than I started the day with. And it's like, what is happening here? What was the process like in kind of writing these books? Well, to be completely honest, I did not trust, I was trusting the Lord, but I was not trusting the Lord fully to give up my income. So I also mm -hmm. added on, oh, I'm going to go ahead and watch some other children as well. So I started in in-home daycare. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I started, you know, I had my one son at home, the other two in school. I started in in-home daycare. And so I really had to be intentional with my time because I was still working. I was just working at home. And so what I did was I would get up early in the morning and I would write, and I would also write during nap time. Now with anything, it's so easy to forfeit that time. There's always something else to do. There's sleep. If you don't want to get up in the morning, you could definitely be like, oh, I'm just going to sleep in today. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, during nap time, there was a house to pick up or there was dinner I could be prepping. So I really had to be intentional with that time. And uh, when I was uh, God really blessed that time when I was intentional with it and he did bless it. And a, a lot of other opportunities started coming my way as well. It's kind of like, as soon as I spoke it into the universe, things started coming my way. People were like, Oh, you write, you know, do you want to write this devotional for church or Hey, have you thought about freelance writing? And then I started receiving assignments for our local paper and magazines. It was crazy. 
really and cool. um, just kind of one, you know, but as far as do the words always come? No, <laughs> the words do not always come. And I'll be honest, 2021, 2020, 2021 was rough for creativity and inspiration. Mm-hmm. I really struggled in that department. Um, and I'm happy to say now that that corner has kind of turned and I'm feeling inspired again and ideas are coming and it's flowing more easily. But I mean, there was, there was a rough patch. Yeah. It's amazing. The rhythms that come those, those moments where things are explosive, like summer growth. And then you've kind of got those winter seasons where things feel a little bit more dead, like they're hibernating and we go through that rhythm and sort of just trust God, keep sort of walking forward because I know it's so easy just to give up when the, when the difficult part comes and we can think, oh, it's never going to work. Is it ever going to come back again? Right. So the book then that you have coming out now is this God made all your feelings. And the thing that came to mind is when you described opening of the daycare, the number of feelings that must have been present among all the children there. You know, this is a book that I wish I had when I was growing up because uh, because of who I am. Some of our Ruas-based listeners will know my own story, but anxiety and, and just other issues. My body hasn't usually been a safe space. Emotions, even just as a male, right? Um, you know, on the on the hockey team, you know, you're not supposed to feel things in the locker room, right? You just push past it. So it took me a long time to really begin to become okay with my feelings. And so this book, I'm really grateful for because I'm hoping some other, you know, children, and honestly, I mean, I think this conversation is even great for adults, um, to learn to realize God made our feelings. What sort of brought you to that? Have you always sort of listened well to your feelings? Was it a change at some point? What's sort of your journey been with feeling? Yeah. So I was a really shy child, very shy, not very outspoken. And that, that changed in my teen years and in my twenties, but definitely shy. I worried a lot about things that were out of my control. A lot of things I heard at church, (laughs) which really kind of (laughs) freaked me out. Um, But as I've discovered more about myself and who God created me to be and really like digging into scripture, uh, I've learned a lot about my feelings and I think I've really learned to embrace them. I will say this. I'm in, I don't know how much you know about the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram four and fours are think like really like feelers, you mm. know, sometimes we can get like, if we're not healthy. We can get really in a dark place with our feelings. It can become like too much. Mm but I've really learned to like embrace the way that I'm feeling like it's okay to be angry. It's what you do with that anger. Um, that would become like the sin or would become, you know, that would cause the, the spiral of, of downward thoughts. Um, it's okay to be sad. I'm, I'm a crier. I will cry at a good commercial. (laughs) I will cry at the end of a book. I mean, I will cry because someone else is crying that I don't even know. I I'm just a crier. And so having three boys and a husband, they're all looking at me like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) they're like, well, what's happening? But they've learned that Mm -hmm. that's just how I process my feelings. And that's how, you know, I get through and I can be happy and also cry or happy and sad at the same time. Um, So I really just try to embrace them. But I think a lot of that came from just really digging into like how God made me, how God created us. Like it's, it's okay. You're not always going to be in a valley you know, so the the mountaintop is coming. Yeah, I really appreciate that perspective because 
most of my life, the feeling has been, yeah, shove it down, ignore it, run away from what you're feeling. But scripture, as I came to study it and, and get into it more, and I appreciate how you bring in a psalm to like every page of the book, you know, throughout the psalms, we see the wide range of emotion and none of it is condemned or thrown out. It's there in scripture, right? It's God's word, even, even being angry or upset or confused with God. You know, I Psalm 88 ends with that line that darkness is my closest friend, right? It's like, <laughs> my goodness, like, you know, aren't, as Christians, aren't we supposed to like not say that kind of thing to God? But there it is. Right. And I think that's what, when I decided to put scripture in and I started just picking, you know, some of my favorite scripture you know, and you never know when you traditionally publish a book, you never know what's going to get cut or what they're going to say, oh, we don't actually need that. Um, but as I started digging in and I was like, had the idea more, more and more Psalms kept popping up. And I thought that really is the book of high emotion. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's experiencing high highs, like praising the Lord, like with everything he has. And then he is in the depths of despair. And he's like, why? you know, why are you doing this? Why are my enemies coming at me? Why, you know, why is all this happening? And he, and he was angry. And I really thought it just fit the book to stick with scripture straight from the Psalms. Yeah. Yeah. And when we can go deeper into what we're feeling, you know, I've discovered, I I think that is an opportunity to hear from the voice of God, right? We talk a lot about prayer, you know, what we say to God or maybe someone else speaks to us. Oh man, God's speaking through them or God's speaking through scripture. But I think when we really enter into the feeling and really name where it is, I've just discovered, I I feel like I find God there. Well, it's so interesting that you say that too. Um, I'm not sure if this was in, in scripture I was reading this week or tied into the, the worship message for my church, but you know, all those times where when things are really good, and we are on those mountaintops and we're, we're feeling good about life. Those most of the times are not the times when we're seeking the Lord. Mm. And it's in some of those other times, those times where we're angry and those times when we're frustrated and those times when we're sad that we really get to experience the closeness of God. Yeah. Yeah. God comes close in our difficult times. I like that. You, you know, from Psalm 145, 18, you had this this page about sadness and some of those emotions and you have a response from God to each of the things that they're feeling and going through. And this one says, God says, child, I am here. Mm -hmm. And just such a beautiful invitation. Sometimes that question, God, where are you? And in our most difficult times, that's often the time where we feel like, man, God isn't, isn't close or God's not here. And scripture over and over repeats. Those seem to be the times God actually comes closest. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the time when God is like right there. And that to me is the good news of scripture, right? Not that everything's going to always be fixed, right? Like that's one thing as we get into our emotions, even taking them to God, it doesn't mean God's going to make it better, but God is close and is right there. Maybe even when we don't feel it, right? Yeah. It, especially when we don't feel it. Yeah. So one of the other things you said in here that really stood out to me was Um, throughout each day, we make choices to use our feelings and our voices to keep it in or let it go to feel each feeling as we grow. Can you just tell me about writing that line? (laughs) Uh, You know, books go through a lot of transitions. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know specifically about writing that line. Um, 
But I think it's just, you know, we, we can hang on to anger. We can choose to forgive someone. We can um, sit with it, you know, for a while and we can just be in our sadness. Um, and I think, you know, just, just reminding the reader that we do have a choice. Like feelings are real, but feelings don't dictate everything. Mm. So it's important to pay attention to your feelings and to know that you do have a choice. But like you just said, like sometimes we don't feel like God is there. He still is, even if we don't feel it. And so I think with that, just, just the reminder, the nudge to, Hey, feel what you feel and then make a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And God invites us to bring all of that to God. Right. I, I think sometimes in Christian circles, we're easy to jump to the, well, you should just be okay. Or God has a plan and that makes it all right. But we're actually invited to bring all of those things to God and God doesn't abandon us or, you know, get angry at us because we're bringing a difficult emotion to him. God actually invites us to bring it. And I like that you pointed out, it's what we do with it. You know, feelings often come up and it's not in our control, but how mm-hmm. we respond to it is within our control. So of course, this is a book written for children, right? So I mean, I feel like it works on the level of, of adults and children. Um, as we're sort of teaching kids to feel these emotions, to enter into this, have you had some experience with, man, you know, because kids feel a lot, right? It goes from <laughs> zero to 60 in an instant. What's been your experience sharing this book and some of the ideas behind it with kids? Yeah. Yeah. So I, because the book doesn't release until February 8th, um, you know, there are, there are fewer amounts of children who actually have the book in their hands. So I don't have a lot of feedback there yet. Um, but, but two things that popped to my, popped into my mind when you said that one, I got the sweetest text from a friend who her son was super excited. She got it in the mail as an early release and he read it. He's about eight years old. And he said, oh, mom, that was, you know, that was so good. That was enough. But then she went on to text me and she said, he came up to her later and said, hey, um, you know what my favorite page was? And she Mm -hmm. said, you know, no, what was it? And he said, I really liked the page where the girl was anxious because she was anxious about school. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm anxious about school. And so then it started that conversation. Yeah. And I got to even ask my friend, like, well, hey, like, you know, how did you respond? And what was, you know, what happened after that? And, and so that was just a really sweet, I thought, you know, when you write a book, you never know who the book's going to reach. You never know how they're going to react. Like, you can't control any of that. Um, but that, to me, was just a very sweet example of how God can use something as simple as a picture book to kind of start those conversations in homes. Yeah. Yeah, because they feel themselves in what they're seeing in the text. It almost verifies that it's okay. And I think for someone that age, even even younger, my my six-year-old son asks questions about God all the time, right? And they're fascinating, great questions. And so it tells me that he's asking these questions, you know, periodically, but it must be in his mind even more right. frequently. And so seeing just on the page the affirmation that, Oh yeah, when I'm sad, when I'm angry, when I'm happy, 
God has a response. God is close. God is there. That's a great thing to sort of hear. Um, when when a kid comes up, now this this might be a, a spur of the moment question, so feel free to sort of take it where you will. But yeah. do you have any encouragement or um, insight for, hey, a parent's going to buy this book and they're mm -hmm. going to read it to their child and a question is going to come up about, yeah, hey, I, I recognize that anxiety. I feel that. Do you have any encouragement for follow-up questions people can ask or how to sort of take the conversation? Of course, I know there's millions of iterations, but maybe if there's a, a general encouragement you could offer. Yeah, I think my encouragement, and this is coming from the place of a mom as well as a writer, um, I think my general encouragement, and I tell this to my friends all the time who have younger kids than I do, um, when kids come in with questions, sometimes it catches us off guard. And we want to provide, we don't want to lead them astray. We don't want to provide the wrong answers, especially when it comes to something like faith. And so sometimes we just, we're quick to shut it down <laughs> and we're quick to be like, you know, I don't know, go ask your dad or, you know, we just, we <laughs> kind of shut the conversation down. Uh, but I think if parents will just pause, I think if their, their child comes to them with maybe a heavy emotion or something they're not expecting or a question about God, if they'll just pause and even just invite the, Hey, like, let's pray about it. Like you're anxious about school. Let, let's pray about it. Like right now, mm. you know, I think still today, kids are growing up in homes where prayer is either not there or they pray around the dinner table, but they don't go directly to the Lord when there's, when there's a problem. And I think that we need to kind of rewrite that story mm. and just say like, you know what, you're anxious about school. Like, or you had a fight with your friend or you're mad about this. Like, let's pray about it. Yeah. And really give that, give that over to the Lord. But I think a lot of times we, we're, we're a busy society. We're always in a rush. And so when our kids come to us with those questions, sometimes we just answer, move on, you know, and I think if we could just pause and pray, I think the Lord's going to meet us right there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as you were talking too, I, I, I was sort of thinking through situations that I've been in myself and the thought came what are you feeling in that moment when your mm -hmm. child comes up? Because often if we're not in touch with our own feeling, we're going to maybe project that we're maybe going to ignore it or shove it down. So maybe even to ask yourself, man, my six-year-old or seven-year-old is asking this, what is that bringing up in me as a means to sort of how I ought to maybe engage and move forward? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. And the, this, that kind of reminds me of what I was going to say. The second, the second insight I had when you had asked the question earlier about, examples of how, how the book's being used or is just, you had said at the very beginning, the implications for not just children who read the story, but also for the adults who may be reading to a two, three, four, five-year-old, you know, um, when I first went, I went to a writer's conference with this manuscript before it was ever under contract. I went to a writer's conference and we were in a critique group with a bunch of people I didn't know. And we were all taking turns reading our manuscripts. And when this one was read, um, you know, I looked around the room and, and a couple of people had tears in their eyes and then they get to go around, and they get to give feedback. And there was a woman there who said like, I needed this story. Like mm. I needed to hear it <laughs> and was just saying the implication for, you know, when you write a book for a child, you're thinking about the impact on the child, but there's a lot of adults that need to hear that God's with them and that God's near and that God hasn't forgotten about them. There's and, no um, doubt. And I think to me, that was powerful. Like, okay, like I get it, you know, I get it. 
Yeah, I appreciated that about the book as well. And I felt that way often about children's books. Like Max Lucado, I think, has a number of, I think they're about the Wemex or something, right? Oh, I and love that story. Yes. I've read those so many times. And I'm like, man, I think I'm going to bring this into my sermon on Sunday and just read this to all the adults here. Because honestly, you know, sometimes I feel like we're all kids in, in big people bodies sometimes, right? The stuff that happened to us when we we're kids, we're still dealing with. And sometimes a children's story is the best way to hit home to that heart. I agree. I agree. I mean, I'm a big children's book connoisseur, but I agree. And Max Locato's book, you were special about the women. (laughs) Home run. I still recommend that book to people all the time. So even if you're listening to this and, you know, you don't have kids yourself, you, you might want to buy this book for yourself just as a reminder that, hey, God did make your feelings as well. It's not a bad thing. It's not something to run away with. So one of the things that helped me as I got older to begin to feel well and name what I was feeling was yoga. And so here at Rua Space, you know, we do practice Christ-centered yoga. We teach it. People know that. Um do you do you practice your, yourself as well? Because you have the yoga baby book and that is about feeling, right? It's about being present to where we're at. So tell us just for a, for a minute about that book as well, because I think it's deeply connected to what you're doing in this one as well. Yeah, which is which is so great to hear that because, you know, when you like when you write books, I had several manuscripts, they get picked up in, at different times. So, you know, some of the first manuscripts that I ever wrote still don't have a home. They're not under contract. And Yoga Baby was just one going back to the in-home daycare. I would practice yoga. You know, sometimes the kids were just in free play and, you know, I'm standing, I'm stretching, I'm bending, I'm moving. And I noticed that they really connected with that. And they would come over as kids do, and they would imitate my movements. And so we started doing this daily yoga practice with my day, my daycare kids. And I ended up coming up with like a silly rhyme. And we had a little like two minute flow and we would use it to transition from like lunchtime to nap time. And it just kind of, uh, it just kind of sparked from that. And so yoga baby to me, you know, I do practice not as much as I would like to, I need to be more intentional about practicing it, but it is for me such like a mind, body, spirit connection. Um, I know that when this book first came out, you know, I had someone in my writer circle who said, Oh, Hey, I, you know, I asked her to be on the launch team. She had a new baby. And, and she said, Hey, you know, I, I don't believe that yoga is okay for Christians. She was kind of against it. Um, and I was like, you know, I had to respect that. But for me, yoga is so much a part of my relationship with the Lord as well. And just that sitting down and that being mindful and just listening, um, that it's really, it's that journey for me has been a joy and I need to connect with it more often than I do. Yeah. I know, I know for me, a big part of it was, you know, we can easily say, Hey, maybe I'm feeling angry, but the question is, can we name where it's at in our body? Can we actually name what the feeling is. That's why I love yoga because um, while putting God at the center of of it, of course, but when you're in a posture, the idea is 
focusing on where in my body do I feel it? And so I would just offer that as a recommendation to people with Christ-centered yoga to sort of help people begin to name what they're feeling. Because even for kids, they may not know exactly what it is. But when you get into some sort of movement, mindful movement, you can start to say, oh, I actually know what my leg feels like now. I actually know where that feeling is. And it can sort of be a gateway to naming and really expressing what someone's feeling. Yeah, no, I love that. And Christ-centered yoga, I just discovered that within the last few years, but to practice yoga either in person or online um, with someone and have them pray during your practice, have them read scripture over you during your practice, it's powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Amanda, for someone who may be just starting out on this journey of feeling or maybe buying this book for their kids or grandkids, what might be a final word of invitation or encouragement that you would have for them? I think as with all things, um, I think that just enjoy the time, the shared time together. You know, I think people who buy books um, buy them because not because they want to raise super smart kids or any of that, but especially like picture books, it's that shared time together. It's slowing down and spending time with the people that you love, sharing a story. I mean, stories are what really connect us to each other. And being able to read, whether it's a picture book or a novel and reading about someone else's story and then realizing how that impacts your life, um, you're able to see how we're similar. Um, And I think sometimes, sometimes we're able to focus less on those differences when we can remember how similar we are as humans, how we're connected, Mm. how God created all of us. And we have all of these feelings. (laughs) So you can't really, you can't really run or escape. And once we connect to each other on that deeper level, um, I think that's when lives are, are changed and transformed. Yeah. Amen to that. Amanda, where can people find you to go deeper with what you're up to and find the work that you're doing? Awesome. Well, uh, my website is amandaflynn.com. So I keep, um, keep that updated sporadically. I'm more often on social media. Uh, so Instagram is my platform of choice and you can find me at Amanda Flynn author and then on, on most social media networks as well. Awesome. Well, we will absolutely have links to all of that in the description below. We'll also have links where you can just click, go buy the book. I highly recommend that. I love that it is the book that we need, the book we needed many years ago when we were children. So I'm glad it's here. Congratulations on the book. And thank Thank you you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. This was fun. Thank you. Hey friends, Phil here again. Thank you for being with us in this conversation today. I do highly encourage you to go check out the link to Amanda's book in the description below, maybe for your own children, for a child you know, or hey, maybe even for yourself because God made all your feelings as well. And sometimes we have to learn that lesson when we are adults. You'll also find links in the description below to set up a free call for one-on-one spiritual direction to see if it's right for you. A link to our Patreon page. If you enjoyed this episode, would like to help support the podcast and gain access to tons of really cool content, you can check that out. And then also you can find our Christ-Centered Yoga YouTube page as well as our memberships with over 100 videos designed to help you go deeper in your faith. So friends, thank you again. Until next time, grace and peace be with you.